Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. We read this text. It says, And came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Job and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children, the children of Ammon besiege Rabbah but David tarried still at Jerusalem it's a phrase that I am considering but David tarried still at Jerusalem exactly four years ago when I look at my look back at my notes from a serious message we shared from this incident, you may recall, by now everyone has forgotten that we did a series from 2 Samuel and we considered this text. But this time we will share a few devotional thoughts from the same chapter, the same message, some devotional thoughts. I remember some time ago there was this movie that we all were crazy about. I probably watched it twice with my family movie called Home Alone for a little, uh, I think, 10-year-old kid that was left home during the Christmas time. And he was left home, and this boy fall into all kinds of mischief. And some of us are like that when we are home alone. We, we don't fall into the mischief that he fell into, but we, fell in, we fall into different mischief. And here we see a giant in the faith who was home alone. And this is what I will be sharing in a day where many people are neglecting the principles, the fundamental principles of the Christian life. And thus I look for devotionals um, that are very relative to the need at hand in our church. And that's why I decided to Come back to this devotional thought. The Bible, great men, great men in the scriptures are not always noted for their greatness, but they are often noted for their failures. And this chapter is what began the turning point in the life of David. Whenever all seems to be going well, we should be even more spiritually alert and cautious in our church. And it has happened all the time, every time we see a measure of grace and success. Watch out, watch out. The enemy is very near. Satan said to God, does Job serve you for nothing? Just, just touch his life. But Job stood true to his God. We trust that you, this one, no matter what, would stay true to your God, to your Savior. As you look around and you see the fallout in the church, I trust that you will stay true to your God. 
not the pastor or the deacons, but to the Lord. David had recently ascended to the throne. He is at the high point of his reign. He had successfully brought the ark of God the second time in his place in chapter 6. Remember chapter 7 where that great messianic promise is made. The prophet brought this wonderful promise to David that his son would sit on his throne. Not Solomon, but the son of God himself would come. Later, we read of that very kind act of pardoning the grandson of Saul, who was in hiding, running for his life because he deserved to die, to be executed. Mephibosheth, David pardoned him. It's a beautiful picture of God's love for his elect. These were great feats of the king, but things changed swiftly for David. And I titled this devotional, What David Forgot. What went wrong? The text says, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. And, and, and there's a reason why we read these words. It, 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 it's, we see this word, but, but David remained still at Jerusalem. He, he forgot the tangibles of the faith that you and I are prone to forget. The hymn writer Robbie Robinson said that we are prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. The great thing about David is that he was a man of true repentance. And if you are a Christian that forget repentance, you may not even be a Christian at all. Christian live a life on his knees. Repentance. I want to name a few little things David forgot. And they're the same things that we can forget and does forget. Things that has left many people in our church in a backslidden state. You can be sitting in the pew and still in a back slidden state. David forgot the battlefield. First thing. Verse 1 says, after it came to pass, after the year was expired, another virgin said, it was in the springtime. At the time when kings go forth to battle, David sent Job and his servants with him and all Israel. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. A time of ease. In Israel's battles, David accompanied his men 
on the battlefield. You know this. This time he did not. Back in 2 Samuel 5, verse 9, we read, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. This time David didn't inquire. Who needs to inquire? A time of ease. Left at home. No inquiry. Also in 2 Samuel 10, verse 7. And when it was told David, he gathered all Israel together and passed over Jordan. Came to Helam. The Syrians set themselves in array against David and fought with him. Not a battle. But he was with his people. He was consistent in this pattern of being with his men on the battlefield. But here it was a time for ease. We don't know why the king forgo this battle here, 2 Samuel 11, but they tell me that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. The time we have on our hands doing nothing like the boy who was left at home alone. Many people are not faithful to God because they often find themselves the wrong place at the wrong time. They're not right with God. They can cut it any way they want. They are not right with God. And I don't know how we can live day to day knowing that we are not right with God. He has become our enemy. And when we are forgetting the battlefield like David did, we are prone to backsliding. And we are in a backsliding state, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. Today our battlefield is not the Ukraine or the Gaza Strip or as David's was with the Philistines. Our battlefield can be the mind. Paul tells us not to be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Most of the Christian's battles are won in the closet. I don't know if you know what's the closet. Maybe you don't even know what I'm saying. Matthew 6 tells us this, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to the, thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Many people today do not even have a disciplined closet quiet time. They don't have it and no wonder they have found themselves in a backslidden state. And if this is you, you ought to know what I'm talking about. 
And no wonder our lives are the, are the way they are. It starts with the little things, not the big things, not the preaching, not the leading in prayer, the little things. What David forgot. You know what I mean by the closet discipline? You should know the devil will always find duty for inactive soldiers. Let us not forget the battlefield of prayer and wholesome fellowship. The other thing David forget was David forgot the Bible. David's Bible in the Old Testament was the scroll and every king was commanded in Deuteronomy to have a copy of the Bible, the scroll, the Old Testament, Charlie. You should know the laws. I wish today that the people in Washington would read their Bibles as our fathers did. I'm a citizen, so I can say our fathers. This country was founded on principles in the Bible as wicked as they have become. On their very coins and money in God we trust. Somewhere along the line, somebody was reading the Bible. No legislature is being passed, Senate in the White House that is as ungodly as anything else. Forget the Bible. How do we know he forgot the Bible? Well, many red flags were raised before David fell into this awful sin. We are told in chapter 11, verse 2 and 3, it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now you see what happened. The eye gate. Downfall, the eye gate. Instead of his eyes being on the battlefield, he's on the roof. Sightseeing. You know, some people tell me they go sightseeing. They ain't shopping, the window shopping. But I don't window shop. Because you might see the wrong thing when you're shopping. Here's a red flag, verse three on one side. Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? This was the law of God ringing in the ears of the king. Two commandments he forgot. The seventh commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. On the 10th, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That's what God said in his word, covet, lust after. It's dangerous. In fact, David continued on this path to violate two other commandments. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not kill. Down the line he's going, forgot the Bible. 
You see, sin multiply rapidly when we forget the Bible, when we forget the battlefield. Prophet Nathan brought the law to bear on David's conscience. Second Samuel 12, verse nine. The next, the next chapter. Why hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be your wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. The prophet lay out all three commandments and the man of God must go to the word of God to confront the people of God. And some of you don't want that. You want a pastor to preach from the pulpit. But don't come to me personally. Talk to Nathan and David. Nathan went personally. He was sent to him personally. I don't know what we are reading here at City View, but some of us certainly are not reading the Bible. You have to admire Nathan the prophet, the same Nathan that told David, you will have a son that sit on the throne is the same Nathan that went and tell him about his sin. The same man of God that preached Christ as the savior must preach sin with his people. What kind of man of God you are looking for in this church? I wanna know. As Israel's king, David was instructed in Deuteronomy to have a copy of the word. As a matter of fact, I have it here. Deuteronomy 17, 17 through 20. Neither shall he multiply wise for himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes, to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children. In the midst of Israel, David saw his children's life cut short. We don't violate God's word, brethren. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do that with impunity. David forgot the scriptures, the Bible. And I give you some of the things he forgot. He forgot these things. The Bible in those days. But he forgot the battlefield. 
And there are times and there are seasons when we may be in situations we ought not to be in. And our Bibles, the scriptures, are far out of the reaches of our minds deliberately. But something else, one last thing, David forgot. David forgot the brethren. Forgot the brethren. How could he do that? Uriah was not merely a subordinate. He was a brother. He was a fellow brother with David. They were fighting the same battles. He was his commander-in-chief. The laws for the pastor is the same as the brethren. The expectations of God for me is the same for you. Somebody said, well, he got to do it. He's a pastor. You, you got to do it too. You should be in your place at the right time if you expect me to be here. As a matter of fact, Uriah showed more loyalty and commitment to the brethren than David. And sometimes people in the church show up officers in the church. And we should take note of those people. They're giving, their consistency in attendance. We should, we should take note of them. Times common people, lay people, often show more courage than those in the office. Verse 11, and Uriah said to David, the ark, chapter 11, verse 11, the ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents and my Lord, my master, Joab, and the servants of my Lord are in camp in the open fields. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife as thou livest and as thy soul liveth? I will not do this thing. You know, no wonder David killed him. He had to go. He showed up the king. This may have been considered as insubordination. You don't tell the commander chief, I ain't doing it. This may have led to this man's death. David said, oh yeah, I'm gonna fix you. And that's how vicious we can be. And sometimes we see how God's mercy and his grace is magnified in a man like David. Are we any different? No, we're not. The Bible says where sin abound, grace did much more. We need to be thankful. Stop complaining.
The king sought to coach Uriah to go home and spend some time with his wife, some close time after he's come from the battlefield. You go home with your wife, you know, you just enjoy the moments with your wife. Uriah was a man of God. He knew about sacrifice. He knew about leaving home. He knew about de uh, denying himself of the comforts and the luxuries of home. Uriah's mind was on his brethren on the battlefield. Now many times the brethren are in the battlefield of prayer. Many of you are AWOL. As a matter of fact, some of us when called to pray, we are AWOL. Forget the battlefield. In all prayer and supplication, the apostle says, with thanksgiving. And then he said, and for me, in Ephesians, he says, and for me, that utterance may be given, that I may open my mouth boldly. We pray for the brethren on Tuesdays that are preaching. Could it be that you are one forgetting the brethren? At times in Zimbabwe, we know the very time and season people are gathering for worship. Sometimes I might say to myself, Brother Frank is preaching right now. In the evening, it is too late, I'm long asleep. But I know the time the preacher is here to pray for him. The very time. I remember once Mark and Tim was with us and we were able to tune in and watch the worship at Downington. That's what I mean. You don't have to tune in anywhere. Forget the brethren. And yet the Lord tell us we must love the brethren. And we know what's going on. Even right now there's a problem with these things I'm talking about. If there be, if there is an ounce of conversion and salvation in us, we would not neglect the battlefield. We would not neglect the Bible. We will not neglect our brethren. If there's an ounce of conversion in us, these are tangibles. When we forget these things, we are already in a backslidden state. And a state of uselessness. Don't be surprised. If you have found yourself in a backslidden state, no love, for God. The Bible is thrown away. It is not the big things God requires from us. It is the tangibles that keep us. As Christians, we don't have to sing. 
We don't have to sin. We sin, but we don't have to sin. Galatians 5.16 Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. God has given us a lot of resources. We will sin. We will struggle with sin. But most of the time, we sin. It is because we climb over the barriers that God has set up and go against him. We deliberately climb over them. Like Balaam, a big donkey in the way, and he's still going on like a madman. And God put these barriers in our lives. He asks us questions. Where were you last week? We still try to kick down the donkey. Because we're lost. We're lost. We've been around a long time. We're lost. Still lost. Still lost. May God have mercy. Many resources. We forget the battlefield. And we regularly forget, regularly forget our brethren. We know all these things. These are wonderful graces the Lord has given his people. Jesus said to his disciples in the upper room, most assuredly I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than the one who sent him. And the Lord said, if you know these things, happy, blessed are you if you do them. Not if you know them, if you do them. John 13, 16 and 17. So my exhortation today, brethren, is simple. It's not the big things in life that cause us to apostatize. It's the little things. The little things, the battlefield, the Bible, the brethren. You forgetting those things? You know anybody that forget them? It's time to pray. So let's pray.